Welcome to the Dynasty Force Podcast with your hosts, Billy Brisbane and Robert Mantuano. And welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for coming back to the Dynasty Force Podcast. We missed you here. It's been a long week without football, but you know, that just means another week closer to the NFL season again. I am here, your host, Robert at Fantasy Force FB on Twitter. I am here with Trey at FF Superflex Guru on Twitter. How's it going, Trey? How's your day going? How's it been? How's hey. life treating you? It's what, going good. What's uh I mean, what fantastic stories have you got for me? I mean, we are a little bit over a week away from the NFL draft. It's pretty exciting. I was looking at some prop bets. Uh, three days ago, Mac Jones was the overwhelming favorite. Then two days ago, Justin Fields was the overwhelming favorite. And now it's even even right now. So I don't really know <laughs> who's going to go number three overall. I'm kind of excited. Um, I think that's whenever the draft really starts. Um, but it's going to be an exciting week leading up to that. And that's all I'm I'm really uh, waiting on. Yeah. Um I had to put money on it right now. I would say Justin Fields just because I believe he's the better player. Um, but I mean, the Mac Jones hype—it's not—it's not to be ignored. Though. What's that? I don't really get the Mac Jones hype. I mean, I feel like I don't know. I feel like the <laughs> ceiling is obviously higher with Fields and Lance, right? Maybe they um, know what they're getting with Mac Jones, but at the end of the day, you got to believe in your coaching to get the ceiling out of fields and lands. Right. Like. And you have Kyle Shanahan too. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's not like you have a poor coach, but a nice little prelude to what we are talking about today, which is going to be incoming rookies. So we've talked about running backs. We've talked about wide receivers. Now it's time to talk about the quarterbacks and we're going to throw the tight ends into this episode as well, because Obviously, there's less tight ends. <laughs> I feel like this is like I feel like this is gonna. Be, I told you this, Trey. I feel like this is gonna be a shorter episode because, like, I feel like for those who listen to this podcast, you know about the NFL, especially too, because we're mainly on Twitter at Dynasty Force Pod. In case you are not, you know watching us on Twitter, but we're mainly on Twitter and Twitter talks so much about these top guys. Any of these five quarterbacks, I think the lowest that like is realistic. I don't, or I should say like, so Trevor Lawrence, I'll, I'll just prelude this in, in a way. What I'm trying to say is that Trevor Lawrence is going to be number one. Zach Wilson very likely is going to be number two. And any three of Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and Mac Jones could go at number three. And because any three of those three can go at number three, too many threes. Um, <laughs> and the other guys are already in the top two. Like everybody knows these guys because you have to be prepared to hear their name early on draft day. And then you, at tight end, you have Kyle Pitts, and he has been getting more hype than any tight end has in I don't know how long. So. Really, I feel like this is just going to be our opinion on a lot of guys that you already know. So I I don't know how intense this episode will have Very. to be. But um, 
we're here to to help you out along in case you are not aware. Hey, and hopefully Billy would join in at some point in time too. Yeah. Uh so Billy is currently eating, I believe. Um uh, or he's he's either eating or yes, he's running a little later from eating. Um or to pick up his food, I should say, actually. Um, so whenever Billy is done, Billy will be here to join us, here to stay. But until then, it's going to be the Trey Rob show. Trey. I, I was trying. Uh, no, no. that I was thinking of it, but no, that was really bad. Um, so uh, instead, we're going to preface our... <laughs> Um, rookie talk, I'll say, with a short bit of news here. Because there's really not a ton of news to talk about, but I do want to give a quick little shout-out and congratulations to Alex Smith on a successful NFL career over 16 years. Best game manager in the game. (laughs) Coming from a Raiders fan. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Former number one overall pick. Uh, turned into a game manager and then moved on to Kansas City and then Washington. And yeah. I will say this. He was the former number one overall pick in the Aaron Rodgers draft too. Yeah. Which is crazy. It it was either him or Rodgers. And it's funny that it was him. (laughs) But um, (laughs) it just shows you that, you know, you can even mess up the number one overall pick. So, uh, if your team were to be in that position, cough, cough, 49ers, uh, don't, uh, don't feel too bad about it. Um, but regardless, you know, Alex Smith last year, comeback player of the year, came back from a really bad ankle injury where he almost lost his leg and, and just honestly crazy that he was even able to step onto a football field again after that. So, and of course, one of his first snaps, so he got absolutely trampled by Aaron Donald. <laughs> and then on the NFL awards, he didn't even get uh, unanimous because yeah. some joke, like some jokester, voted for Big Ben Roethlisberger. The <laughs> yeah, the real hoodlum out there, and just not even, not even, yeah, paying paying respect. But uh, yes, Alex Smith did retire, so congrats to him. Enjoy retirement. Um, besides that, there's really no news. We're, we're at the slow part of the season where there's not going to be a ton of news yet. As Trey mentioned, it's right before the NFL draft. Actually, I lied. Um, I think about 10 minutes ago, the 49ers did sign Wayne Gallman, if you're interested. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> uh, and I know someone's out there on Twitter right now screaming, Wayne Gallman, RB2. Um, scoop him up, blow all your fab dollars on him, and just settle down. <laughs> he uh, he may get a few reserve carries. Who's who, Saquon's who, backup now, though? Who would uh, Devonte Booker? I like that. There we go. Um, who um, who is it? Oh, who would you prefer? Okay, who would you prefer now between Wayne Gallman and Jeff Wilson? Same backfield. Probably Gallman, actually. Probably. I mean, it, it helps Wilson that he's been in that system for a few years now. But um, I don't know. I do I feel really like, feel like they like Jeff Wilson, though. Yeah, I mean, but he's always been at the bottom of the pecking order there, regardless if it's been 
I mean, I guess Tevin Coleman kind of was that last year, but they were even giving McKinnon carries over, um, you know, him last year. So I don't know. I feel like uh, what was the contract that Gallman got? It was probably something really small. Uh, I did not see. I don't believe that it announced the contract, just that they agreed to terms. Um, let me see if I could pull it up real quick. But I, it's probably really small if it's happening this late in the offseason. Anyway. And you said they still got Raheem Moster, right? Uh, yes, they do have Moster. They have Jeff Wilson. Do you think, think they're going to they add another guy in the draft? I don't know. I, I personally would say no. I If I had to put money on it right mean, now, I would I say no. Then. Raheem Moster might be a good value if you can go scoop him up if you believe that they're not going to add anybody else. Definitely. And as we mentioned, we were looking forward to Billy Brisbane himself joining the show at there Getting Bills on Twitter. How's it going, Billy? How is your bet life going? Uh, it's going pretty well, man. This week is pay-per-view week, so it's a pretty busy fucking week, man. How'd you? Prime, it's pay-per-view week. Hey, Billy won me some money last week. My first yeah. ever uh, uh, fighting bet. He uh, yeah. won me some money. I didn't. I didn't know anything about it. I put it out there. I saw. I, I, uh, <laughs> I saw that it got cashed in later that night, so I was pretty happy. Yeah, Bill was crazy last week. I wanted to ask you about the Jake Paul Ben Askren fight. How that? How that went for you, bro? That actually went more ideal than I thought it would because I lost some money on uh shouts to Itani with a homer but uh I lost some money on the UFC card last weekend because I parlayed up this fucking dumbass that I shouldn't have parlayed up excuse my language and um I actually bet on Jake Paul minus 140 and Jake Paul inside a distance Ben Askren by decision and the fight to end by a draw and boy, the Jake Paul fucking cash. <laughs> oh, he made back like he made back a lot of my money, dude. But it wasn't like a track pick that I could like put out. So like on my record, it kind of looks like I had a shitty week. But shouts to Jake Paul, man. Like, uh, at first, in the beginning, when that fight got announced, I thought it was kind of like a joke. And then like if you watch the Instagram videos of them two like punching the bags against each other, it's kind of like wow, Jake Paul actually really might knock Ben Askren out. And it kind of just happened because a lot of people that aren't really know about, like, fighting, the overhand right, the punch that Jake Paul threw in wrestling and, like, the UFC and shit like that, uh, that punch is thrown for a takedown. And out of, like, 35, like, professional fights for Ben Askren, he's never knocked anybody out. So, like, he won the Heisman Trophy like award for wrestling in college like twice so that's like that type of grappler he is but man shout out to jake paul though i really think he actually like is a decent boxer kind yeah, of one-dimensional but i saw a lot of things that said i mean like ben askins obviously he's fought ufc before he should know how to throw punches it did i watched like some of the highlights and i bet on jake Box. paul he won me some money but like it looked like he did not know how to throw a punch like even if it's boxing versus ufc i feel like you still know how to throw punches yeah. I, mean, I saw it looks like he did not know what he was doing out there <laughs> i saw all over social media how ben Askren was just like ready to take that loser's check and ready to throw that fight but Bro, i just think wild. it's more along the lines of wild. ben Askren didn't know what the fuck he was doing he got paid more in that one fight than he did out of nine combined fights <laughs> where he wanted like where he won the belt he made more money off that fight by significant margin more than he made off of any other fight in his career. Like, that's wild, the world that we live in. Then why do you think people choose, I mean, UFC over boxing? Is it just more attractive for fighters, do you think? Or? Well, no. Jake Paul just 
got lucky and he's in a celebrity boxing league. But um, with fighting, I feel like it's just in its premature stages of like advertising and marketing and stuff like that. So like when you when you're like an NFL athlete, dude, you have like five, six sponsors, even if you're like the worst guy on the bench or on the practice team in the UFC. Like you might have a couple of like sponsors, but like I still think it's in its premature uh, premature stages of like advertising and marketing because like it's you don't go on like a regular TV commercial on ESPN and see like unless it's a Amanda Nunes as like a commercial for like a UFC fighter. You mm-hmm. can go watch ESPN and see a freaking LeBron James commercial more times. Right? Than yeah. Not. Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Okay, beyond the uh, UFC talk, Bill, as mentioned, we're going to talk about our quarterbacks and our tight ends today. So why not let us just get into it? I just got a notification that Zach Wilson is going to be at the draft, so that's cool. Um, But let us start with presumed number one overall pick. If you have not been with us for the first two editions of Rookie Fever, we have been portraying the player profiler website of the player that we're talking about on the screen. So we're going to do that again right here. And as I said, we're going to start with the presumed number one overall pick. I really don't see it changing away from the Golden Locks himself, Trevor Lawrence, quarterback out of Clemson. I like how best comparable is Peyton Manning when I feel like athletically they're not the same player but um, I I mean hey I'll, I'll take it um, I think let's let let me start by saying the size obviously jumps off the page at you 6'6 and 220 pounds but um, everything on film and everything stat wise really points towards Trevor Lawrence being a fantastic quarterback in the NFL. There's a reason that he is hyped up as the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. Bill, I'll kick it to you first. Uh, anything you really want to say specifically about T-Law? Um, for T-Law, if you're in a super flex league, man, if you pass up on him, that is just going to be just such a hell, I feel like. I feel like uh, the biggest thing about T-Law as the uh, ESPN commentators always say when it's draft season, sneaky athleticism. <laughs> like, what is that? I love mean? saying that. It's because he's white. I love it. Sneaky <laughs> athleticism. But for Trevor yes. Lawrence, that definitely fits the bill for him, man. Uh, he rushed for 682 yards, 7.8 yards per attempt, um, and scored nine rushing touchdowns in his final three games of the season in 2020. He rushed for 27 attempts for 133 yards. So I feel like uh, a lot of times people want to make the comparison to him and Justin Fields, and Justin Fields is a dual-threat quarterback, kind of like Cam Newton. We'll get into that. But I feel like Trevor Lawrence, uh, some people try to say his uh, completion rate is a little bit inflated because of the running back dump balls. But I think he just fits well in the NFL offense. I feel like the Jaguars are going to be a team that you're going to want to bet the over on games. Even if they win or lose, I think offensively they're just going to be so high scoring. Like It's just going to feel weird to like go into a DraftKings week or go into like a betting week next season and see like the Jacksonville Jaguars with like the top three highest point total of the board. <laughs> and that's all because of Trevor yeah. Lawrence. Like I feel like uh, they this is a good – 
this is a really good selection. I feel like this is like one of those like I think his player comparable should be Aaron Rodgers, not Peyton Manning. Because uh yeah, Aaron Rodgers early Play in his style. career before a couple of the injuries, like he had that sneaky athleticism. <laughs> um I like what Trey said about it being because he's white. <laughs> like Yeah, I have no I, idea. What you it never is. honestly you never hear that with a black quarterback. And is is nothing so to do weird. with race, but you literally never hear it. Um but yeah, I one thing that I wanted to talk about um with Trevor Lawrence is that it's not like as terrible as you would think it is in Jacksonville. Um they have some decent wide receivers, DJ Chark, Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chenault. Uh, James Robinson really came on as a runner last year. Their offensive line is not absolutely terrible. Their defense is trash, but that allude or points towards what you were saying, Bill, in looking towards the over and betting in the offense because Trevor Lawrence can turn that offense into something really good. So, yeah, I mean, I I think, like I said, I don't think this is the worst landing spot for Trevor Lawrence. And obviously it hasn't happened yet, but Trevor Lawrence is one of the few people at this point that we can actually physically talk about of, yes, we know where he's going and we know how that relates with fantasy and how that is going to impact the team. And um, should I, I really don't think Jacksonville will invest more into running back or wide receiver in the draft. Um, and should they not, then me buying DJ Chark all offseason looks, you're trying to looks tell really good. I story about that one because, dude, they have a lot of picks. Like, a lot of picks. They do have they a lot have, of picks. They but they fucking burn. <laughs> they do have – and uh, trust me, they will burn them. But, but uh, I feel like with GMs, bro, you see this every year, bro. Whenever they draft a quarterback, they always try to draft a wide receiver, and so they kind of grow yeah. up like a chemistry together rookie camps and stuff like that. And I really think this team drafts a wide receiver and a running back. I hope not, but we'll see. We'll have to see. Trey, anything you want to add here on Trevor Lawrence? Um, the only thing I have to add to that is if, like, I know some people aren't sold on him, and if you're not, that's totally fine. And if you have the 1.01, don't draft anyone but Trevor Lawrence. Just, just trade out of it and then get whatever yeah. you need to get. Like, don't draft somebody else because you like somebody over Trevor Lawrence. Right. Like, just right. trade out of it and then get the guy that you want. That's that's all I have to right. add. Even if it's straight down to 102, I'm sure yeah. someone who's at 102 potentially looking at drafting a guy like Zach Wilson or, or whoever goes to San Francisco at number three, um, I'm sure that they would be willing to pay up and get Trevor Lawrence. So, Yeah, Trey, uh, I agree with that a thousand percent. Yeah, like don't, I saw something today that said up. 101 and it was Twitter 101 and then it was a trade with 103 and 107 and 101 was valued more. So, I mean, it's rookie fever right now, so make sure that if, you're, if you don't like Trevor Lawrence, trade out of it and get as much assets as you can. I definitely feel that. Um, yeah, not much to say on... Trevor Lawrence, just because we all know he's a great prospect, you like I said, really got to be living under a rock to really not know about Trevor Lawrence at this point. Um, but if you really do want to know more, just go ahead and YouTube some of his tape because it looks really good. So uh, definitely an outstanding bit of homework there. Um, I'm actually going to switch it up. We're not going straight to number two. I'm going in sort of a route of who is likely to be the most 
fantasy relevant here. And I think when I say it like that, we all know that the second quarterback that we're going to talk about here is Mac going Jones. to be <laughs> funny. Um, Justin <laughs> Fields. Justin Fields here, quarterback out of Ohio State. Uh, best comparable, according to this, is Robert Griffin III. You heard Billy mention Cam Newton. It just tells you a lot about the athletic ability of Justin Fields. But I do want to highlight that Justin Fields is a lot more than just a athletic quarterback. He He's accurate, and he has enough arm strength where you don't worry about that. Like, I... I've maintained throughout the offseason that I believe that Justin Fields is the second best quarterback in this class. And I really believe that still to this day. And I, I believe, I know, like we've talked about this, Zach Wilson very likely is going number two. I think that has more to do with the potential because a lot of people see Zach Wilson as a guy with Pat Mahomes sort of upside, Aaron Rodgers sort of upside. But um, I believe Justin Fields is the second best quarterback in this draft. And I believe athletically, too, that makes a difference. So um, that is uh, that is why I would personally, if I was in a draft, let's say Justin Fields goes number three. I'm probably taking Justin Fields at the 102 in uh, rookie drafts. Uh, Trey, what are your what are your thoughts here on Justin Fields? Do you disagree with me? Um, I think he does have the highest upside. Um, it's between him and you know Lance, but we know what we're going to get with Fields a lot more than what we're going to get with Lance. So uh, I think if Fields does go to the 49ers, I think it is very nice to pick him at 102. I'm not quite for sure what their plan would be with Jimmy G if he does go there, or whether or not Fields will be starting right away or not. But I don't know. It's going to be kind of iffy. Uh, it's same with if Fields goes to the Falcons. You don't know if he's going to be really fancy relevant year one. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be kind of iffy to kind of invest the high capital into a guy that you're not going to get for one one year or, or at least half the season uh, for sure. But right. um, I do like Justin Fields as saying he's a guy with a high ceiling. It's just going to be interesting to see where he goes. Just want to say when the Philadelphia 76ers, Billy, You'll you'll know this one when they drafted Joel Embiid with the number three overall pick. They were not planning on him to be playing right away. They planned on him being the future. They said trust the process with the pick, and uh, look where the process got him, Bill. Yeah, number one seed, well baby. <laughs> number one seed. Yeah. Um, Bill, anything to add here on Justin Fields? Any uh, opinions? Um, you guys kind of said everything that is good about him. I feel like his only weaknesses, I feel like uh, he's going to have that Lamar Jackson problem of just like poor accuracy outside the pocket. Sometimes I feel like when I watch him play games, he holds on to the ball for too long and he doesn't really convert in many tight windows. That like, sounds like a Carson Wentz problem to me. Yeah, um, but I feel like he has the Lamar Jackson problem. Of, right. Like, Lamar Jackson doesn't – he's a great quarterback, great fantasy quarterback, but, like, real life-wise, can he win you a championship? You know what I'm saying? I think that would be <laughs> the biggest question about Justin Fields. Um, I feel like with Justin Fields, though, 
it's kind of like what Trey said in the last thing. Like, if you're in a super flex league, you kind of have to draft him number two. I'm in a situation where I have the second and third pick, and I probably don't. I, I kind of want to pass on Justin Fields. Interesting. Maybe at that point you could even, as Trey mentioned with Trevor Lawrence, if someone was desperate for a quarterback and was very interested in Justin Fields, maybe you could find some value there and yeah. trade down. I think my decision more. might get made off the landing spot because I have Matt Ryan on that team, and if he does get right. the Falcons, then we're just going to have to handcuff that situation. Yep. But with Justin Fields, man, I just feel like uh, – Watch his tape and just tell me he isn't about to get hurt in the NFL. Like, I feel like he's going to be an injury-prone guy for, like, a couple of years early on in his career. That's a bad, like, take to make on a person saying, like, they're going to be injury-prone. But, like, man, if you really watch him a little bit and dig a little bit deeper into, like, the stats and the film, I feel like, man, he holds on to the ball so fucking long sometimes, and that's the reason why he rushes so much. Like, dude, he scrambled on 3.4 – uh, he had 3.4 scrambles per game in college. Like, that's absurd for the division that they play in for that conference. Right. And, like, he's right along. I feel like he's either going to be, like, Lamar Jackson where you draft him off the upside and he might get you that top five season, or he might just be one of those guys that just always had the athleticism that just never really panned out. I think uh, his ceiling, though, definitely warrants him to be a second overall pick. Interesting. Uh, one thing I will highlight in favor of Justin Fields is he is 6'3", 227-pound weight. Um, if he can protect himself a little better, you know, run out of bounds or take those slides – um, then hopefully he can avoid those injuries that we are fearing here. Um, so from here, from Justin Fields, let's head into who will likely, very, very likely, be the second overall pick in the NFL draft to the New York Jets. And it is going to be Zach Wilson, quarterback for BYU. I love how the best comparable is Johnny Manziel. Oh, Bill God. knows only too much about that. Um, I don't know about Johnny Manziel, though. When I when I watched the Zach Wilson tape, he was not – I'll say that he was not consistent, but he did show flashes, and I can see why a team would want to take him with the second overall pick because if he can become consistent – and if he can put all that together, then he has that upside to be a, a really good quarterback who could potentially win you a Super Bowl down the road. Bill, I don't know. what What's your opinion here on Zach Wilson? Do you think he should be going as the second overall pick in the NFL draft? Uh, kind of, but the thing that I kind of don't like about Zach Wilson is I feel like the first two quarterbacks that we talked about had a pretty safe rushing floor, and I feel like Zach Wilson, I don't really understand that best comparable player as Johnny Manziel because Johnny Manziel kind of gave you a good rushing floor. There's nothing in him that I really see that, like, I feel like he's going to give me a couple of rushes a game. Like, no, not really. Um, I feel like he's just a really good pocket. Not, I wouldn't say, like, a really good pocket passer, but – He's an elite-level pocket passer. Um, he led all of college last year in tight window passes, so that's something that I like to see. Um, 
I mean, when it comes to passing, he checks off all the boxes. But like I said, man, he just doesn't have the same rushing floor as the other quarterbacks that we talked right. about. And um, I feel like either that's Zach, why Wilson or Fields are the type of people that when you search like rookie dynasty drafts for 2021, their faces pop up. I feel like yep, those, those probably. Type of uh, that's why, you know, I kind of skipped over Wilson at first to talk about fields because, like you mentioned, for the rushing floor, uh, quarterbacks specifically rushing the football just helps them so much in fantasy football that I felt it was necessary to talk about Justin Fields first, even though Justin Fields is not going uh, to go before Zach Wilson unless something drastic happens. Zach Wilson great improvements over the years as you can see here uh started 19 20 and 21 and last year 33 touchdowns to three interceptions that's a fantastic ratio i like the improvement that you see year to year and the rushing yards and touchdowns it's funny because the rushing yards really haven't been there but touchdowns two three and then ten i feel like the ten is more of an anomaly and just him like kind of taking advantage of being in the red zone um, and, and, you know, capitalizing on seeing an, an opening, but it's good to know that he can capitalize on that o- opening. But what I would be saying here is don't rely on that rushing. Don't rely on him scoring uh, a ton of touchdowns, especially in the NFL. I think as Billy mentioned, he'll be more of a pocket passer, um, and the impact that he has on the Jets, too. I, I think that'll be interesting to see how that changes the offense. Trey, anything else you want to add here on Zach Wilson? I don't know. He's obviously going to go to the Jets. is going to go to the Jaguars. Who, who knows who's going to go to the 49ers at three? I don't know. If, if, if all that happens, let's say Mac Jones goes to the 49ers, uh, you know, and then uh, Justin Fields goes to the Falcons, and who knows, anyone gets Trey Lance. I would feel like Zach Wilson would probably be behind T-Law, obviously, behind the 49ers quarterback. And I would probably put him behind the Falcons if they would, you know, pick Lance or uh, Fields. I mean, just because I like Wilson as a prospect, but putting him on that Jets team, they don't have a running back. They don't really have any good wide receivers. I mean, they got Corey Davis and they got uh, uh, Mims, Mims, but they're not really any difference makers. I mean, besides last year, Corey Davis was a bum and, you know, Mims didn't really do anything. So, yeah, I don't know. I I like Wilson, but I would lower my fantasy expectations, especially his rookie year. Maybe he pops off and, you know, is lightning in a bottle, Um, but I don't really see that. I feel. And this is coming from someone who was on Justin Herbert last season when Justin Herbert is someone that not a lot of people expected to pop off. And then all of a sudden, Justin Herbert is now one of the most coveted fantasy quarterbacks in the game because the cost that you paid to get him Mm -hmm. and the reward that you're getting is so great. So shout out, Trey, for that nice little uh, tidbit. Um, nice, nice to take victory laps here and there as well. So those are the top three. Uh, I feel like now it kind of gets like, personally, I, I feel like even if Justin Fields doesn't go third, I feel like he's a top three quarterback in this class still, regardless. Like if I had to rank them talent or like I, I've, 
basically talked about where we would put them fantasy wise, but talent wise, I would still have Justin Fields ahead of Zach Wilson. Um, so this is where it can get a little nittier and grittier. We'll say, uh, we're going to head into the one who should be more fantasy relevant first in Trey Lance quarterback out of North Dakota state. Six four two twenty six. He's got decent size. Matthew only twenty one years old. Best comparable apparently is Matthew Stafford. Um, let's look at all the stats that we have for uh, Trey Lance. His first season didn't play a lot, as you see. One pass attempt. It doesn't tell you really anything. In his second season, that's where he played the full season, and you can really kind of you have to gauge him off of that 28 touchdowns zero interceptions is crazy but uh also playing in the fcs so that's also crazy and then last year uh he played one game but after that i believe he opted out due to covid so you really can't judge him off of this year either a lot of people view him as a raw prospect and find it very hard to really give an accurate representation of Trey Lance and what they expect of him because, number one, he is so young, and number two, one year in college, it's hard to guess, or not guess, but you know, fully evaluate a prospect when they have not played that long. Um, look at Mitchell Trubisky because he played one full season. People were in love with him. Chicago Bears specifically, and uh, see how that turned out for them. Trey, it's only fair that you talk about Trey first. <laughs> I always perk my head up a little bit. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I like Trey Lance. It's going to be interesting to see where he lands. Uh, it's going to be between the Falcons, I feel like, maybe the Lions, maybe if he slides the Patriots, come up and grab him. Um, Broncos, I could see maybe snatching him. If he lands on the Broncos, I like that. Um I would like to see him go into a competition with Drew Locke. I don't really know who would win that uh, right off the bat, especially with I don't really know how the OTAs are going to be. But if he can land on the Broncos with their weapons, I would like that. Um, Anyone but the Patriots. But I like Trey Lance. He has all the tools. Matthew Stafford's an interesting comparison. I haven't really seen Trey Lance that much, I guess. But if he has an arm like Matthew Stafford, I mean, Trey Lance is pretty – pretty quick as well so uh maybe he's gonna be pretty fantasy relevant um i will say that play style is nothing like matthew stafford so the comparison i this is probably the worst comparison i would say yet and i i do really like the player profiler website so no shade there but that said um probably the worst one that we have seen today but regardless that said I think it would benefit Trey Lance most to go to a location like Atlanta or like even San Francisco where he doesn't have to play immediately. He can sit, he can learn, and he can kind of understand the ropes and what is expected of him in the NFL. Um, You mentioned New England as a spot that you don't really like, but I personally wouldn't mind seeing him in New England because – Cam Newton would have the job for this season, and Cam Newton is a similar play style of quarterback. So I feel like former MVP is not a bad 
player to learn from. And New England has made some moves to uh, make their team a little better, even if they can't figure out the wide receiver position to save their lives. Um, Bill, anything you want to add on Trey Lance? Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. I didn't really understand the best comparable player. Um, I feel like his compared player is literally Josh Allen. Like, remember when Josh Allen came out of I was it Wyoming, right? Yep. When he yep. came out of Wyoming, he literally, I feel like I'm looking at the same exact profile. He, he um, might as well be. Yeah, I'm reading off a couple of the stats. Lance rushed for over a thousand yards, fourth most at the quarterback position. Um, besides Fields, this is the only other guy I feel like that can compete with him athletically, running wise. Um, and I feel like, man, I missed the boat on Josh Allen, so I might gamble on Trey Lance because, like, I feel like if you just bet on his upside, the thing that really concerns me about him is, dude, 47.1% of his passes in his college career were deemed uh, uncatchable or inaccurate, which ranks very far five <laughs> of the top five quarterbacks. But I feel like if you just bet on his upside – I missed out on the Josh Allen boat because I said uh, he's an inaccurate quarterback. But maybe accuracy is something that you can learn in the NFL. I don't know. I'm not a quarterback evaluator, but I really like Trey Lance. Um, I feel like you can't really ignore his rushing ability. I feel like in the new era that we live in, man, that, that's the way it kind of works now. Like 82% of his uh, total rushing attempts last year came from design runs and i feel like that's exactly what they're going to do in the nfl too yep um one I feel thing like I, I like trey lance coming out of north dakota state a lot more than i like carson wentz coming out of north dakota state interesting i, I just feel yeah, like yeah the the carson wentz one was kind of weird because he was on a wrist injury like he just mm-hmm. kind of sat out mm-hmm. yeah and um i feel like trey lance offers more upside in the fantasy world because obviously the rushing floor and and he is exciting as a prospect because he does have a great arm like accuracy as billy mentioned not there but depending on landing spot that could work out um like josh allen wasn't accurate for the first two years in the nfl and then he got stefan diggs and what's that i mean last year he was top five in accuracy i'll say that Uh -uh. (laughs) uh-oh Stop, bro. Josh, <laughs> Josh Allen could sling the rock and all that. He's a gunslinger, but right, he's still not that accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Let's round it out here with the quarterbacks. Um, Mac Jones? Anyone? Anyone interested? Uh, yeah, the guy that I said should have been number two. <laughs> this is the guy, dude. This is the guy. This is the reason why I'm waiting suit. on some picks. <laughs> uh, best comparable is Joe Burrow. Anyone? Anyone? Interesting. Um, he I does mean, I, have. I kind of like that comparison. I guess they have similar he, play style. He does have. Yeah, I. I don't think it's that bad. Um, he does have some good college stats, even though he really does not have a ton of playing history. Um, twenty nineteen. You see, back here. Okay, he played in eleven games, and then he wasn't really passing the ball a ton. But this year, he really took over Heisman finalist. I don't know if that was on him or being carried by Devontae Smith, who did win the Heisman. Uh, But he did really well. Really not a rusher. I think that's one of the big things we have to highlight, especially for fantasy football. Um, College QBR, 
96 puts him at the 100th percentile, which is crazy. Um, I feel, and, and I don't want to necessarily sway you, I feel like he's a average quarterback at best who really benefited from a great system in Alabama. Um, I don't know if you guys agree with that or not, but before I have you answer, we have a question here on Jake Paul from Jamie Oliver. And I think this is more of a Bill question. What's your opinion on Jake Paul? Bill, if you want Keep this a little shorter just because we did answer Um, this a little earlier. I did say he's uh, wanted to fight uh, Fury's half-brother. Did you see that, Billy? I did not. I I hope he just stays in his lane, keeps on fighting people that don't really box. (laughs) Hopefully he can get some wins. I kind of like the Thriller Fight Club League because I'm not really too keen on boxing. I feel. Yeah, I heard he called out Tyson Fury's half-brother, and uh, we'll see what happens with that, dude. (laughs) <laughs> um oh so jack mac jones Ma- jack moons um <laughs> that's, yeah that's uh, star. is there is there <laughs> mm, i don't like it uh <laughs> let's uh i don't know is is there some one of you two that wants to lead it off really hit on mac jones I mean, I uh, I like the Joe Burrow comparison because they are pretty similar because Joe Burrow, we didn't really know if his stats were inflated. Same thing with Mac Jones. Um, they're both pretty good decision makers, but also we didn't know if that was because everybody was wide open with the LSU and Alabama or if that was just because they were hitting them right in the chest with every throw. Um, but I don't know. If he doesn't go to the 49ers at three, I could see him sliding a little bit. Yeah, maybe maybe the Broncos pick him up at nine, or maybe the Patriots trade up for him, or wait for him to go to them. But I think that everybody in the league is really noticing that the way to be dynamic and win games is with having the rushing quarterback. And I don't think anyone's going to be really leaping out of their chair to go draft the Mac Jones, um, especially not to go trade up for him. But right, I don't really know where he would land if he doesn't land at the 49ers. It's going to be interesting for his fantasy. It's definitely something that I'm keeping my eye on. I think, as I mentioned, I think he can be, I don't think he'll be as good as Joe Burrow. I think he can be as a good average quarterback, um, but I don't think he's going to be anything fantastic. And uh, I know some people that do really believe in Mac Jones and some people believe that if this draft class was not so loaded at the quarterback position that this could be a draft where Mac Jones like arguably could go number one overall, which I don't want to completely dismiss because we saw it last year with Joe Burrow. I mean, not exactly the same way because Joe Burrow put up historic numbers that blew even what Mac Jones did out of the water. But at the same time, I can kind of see how someone may believe that Mac Jones would go that early. So, Bill, anything you want to add here on the white boy? Yeah, man. This is where I'm playing my flag at for quarterbacks this year. I'm a big Mac Jones believer, man. I feel like a lot of people want to shit on him about like the people that he played with, but I feel like with any good quarterback that's going to be drafted this year – 
you can make the same exact argument that they play with talent too. Like obviously, like he played in a great offense. But what I really like with him is just like man, his completion percentage and just passing grade is just like absurd. It's off the charts. Yeah, it's off the charts. Like I think that he has the I feel like the big weakness on him is his physical capabilities, but I feel like his IQ and his pocket passing makes up for a lot of it. I feel like he can be like a poor man's Tom Brady or something like that. Cause like he's just a leader in the locker room. I feel like he's right. just he's just the type of cat that I definitely want on my team this year. I feel like Mac Jones is the biggest sleeper in these uh, upcoming drafts for like quarterbacks. Interesting. Interesting. It will be very exciting to see what happens with Mac Jones in the draft. He could go number three. He could slide, honestly. It really matters who wants to take that shot on Mac Jones. Um, Put him in the position to succeed, and we'll see how that goes from there. So that is the five quarterbacks uh, who likely will go. They're likely all going to go in the top or in the first round. I should say Um, I would be very surprised if anyone else did uh, just so you know, or are aware of the name, I should say Kyle Trask out of Florida is really the only other quarterback who uh, is getting some sort of buzz, but I don't expect him to get high draft capital or be in a position to have an opportunity next year and if that changes then i think we can talk about that post draft so in the meantime we're going to transition from quarterbacks to tight ends but before we do that i really quickly want to give our little mid-show plug here at dynasty force pod on twitter dynasty force pod on or podcast on youtube you gotta check us out because Yes, subscribe, follow us, click the bell for the notification so that you always see when we go live, you can interact with us, you can comment, you can ask us anything and we'll be glad to answer and do it as in-depth as humanly possible. And um, if you, you know, if you are listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever you listen to your podcast on we appreciate it and we would appreciate a review but i want to look ahead here next week we're going to be having a dynasty super flex rookie mock draft if you're really interested in doing that we're going to do it on the show so it's going to be starting at around 4 30 p.m eastern next week next wednesday which is the 28th of april so uh feel free to message me on twitter if you would like to be a part or message the show at dynasty force podcast or at dynasty force pod i always get mixed up um if you would like to be a part of it and um yeah hope to hope to see you, you there you guys can even join the live stream if you guys want to oh definitely that would be also fantastic um, which you can find the link to that both on our Twitter, which I'm going to get right this time. Dynasty Force Pod on the Twitter and Dynasty Force Podcast on YouTube. But Look at you. That was great. Thank you. I almost fucked it up. I promise. <laughs> I swear. I almost said podcast, and I don't know if you could hear it, but... Uh, there was a slight hesitation. I was there, was. there was. There was. Um 
tight ends now. Let's get into it. We are leading it off with the most hyped tight end prospect that I've seen in a very long time. Even more hyped than TJ Hawkinson was the other year. We got Kyle Pitts here. Tight end out of Florida. You see the best comparable at the top there, Noah Fant. You see the size, 6'6", 245. He is a massive human being. And he, <laughs> you can see even here on the screen, he's just a different breed. College Dominator rating, which I'll get back to that um, and what that is. 92nd percentile college yards per reception, 96th percentile breakout age, which I'll get into that as well, 96th percentile. Those are fantastic fantastic stats for Kyle Pitts. The dominator rating basically is saying how much of the team's receiving yards does he account for? Um, and the breakout age is basically when Pitts became uh, a mainstay in the offense or garnered 20% target share to give a specific number to it. And then you see the workout measurements there too. He is just, he's just a beast. Um, Bill, let's kick it to you first. Kyle Pitts here. Anything specific you want to talk about with his game? Yeah, bro. That breakout age is all fucking absurd, dude. 19 years old. <laughs> that 19-year-old breakout age is absurd, dog. But um, the only concerns I kind of have with Kyle Pitts is um, when it comes to tight ends, it's not all about catching the ball and being athletic freak. It's about blocking. I just have concerns. Is he going to not reach his ceiling because he can't be on the field 100% of the times, or is he just going to be lined up as a wide receiver? I think that's very landing spot dependent. So um, it would be interesting to see what he does because at the tight end position, that's still one of the positions in fantasy football where it's very rare that you see a tight end really post a top three season in their rookie season or something like right. that. And that's kind of where he's being drafted at right now in rookie drafts and stuff like that. After you get dra done drafting those top quarterbacks and running backs, Kyle Pitts is the next guy up before, like, uh, the third wide receiver or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So it's just an interesting conversation. I think he's being a little bit overdrafted right now. And that's only because I just don't think he's going to be on the field 100% of the time unless he's lined up as more of a wide out than just a tight end. Right. Um, yeah, uh, one thing I will say about Kyle Pitts, too, here, um, and you can see it, 79, I mean, he is age 19 season, 79 targets, 54 receptions. You like to see that a little more. Um, but in his age 20 season this past year, eight games, 67 targets and 43 receptions. It would have been north of what he did last year, or I should say in Look at 2019. Look the 12, uh, yeah, he's and the 18 yards per reception. He's just insane. Um, <laughs> but I would like to see a little more volume. That's that's all I'm saying uh, for Kyle Pitts and the Dominator rating. I mean, that that's still really good. Um, so it's not as though he's not getting any volume. But I don't know. It's just hard to bank on efficiency, especially when you're transition transitioning from the NFL or uh, from college to the NFL, I should say. Um, but that said, I really do believe Kyle Pitts is really good. Uh, I was talking to Trey before the show. I believe Trevor Lawrence, 
Kyle Pitts, Panay Sewell, and Jamar Chase are the top four prospects in this entire draft. And um, so, you know, you see all the stats here for Kyle Pitts, and, and I believe that all the hype he's getting, maybe it's a bit, a bit, like, and, and by a bit, I mean, like, not much at all, but still maybe a bit overrated. But at the same time, I think he deserves it as well and should be looked at as potentially the next great tight end in Dynasty. That said, it could take a little bit. Trey, um, anything else you want to add here on Kyle Pitts? Where is he slated to go? If it's not the Falcons, would it be maybe? Cincinnati is uh, probably considering him highly. Miami is probably really considering him as well. So I personally, I I don't believe he he falls outside the top five. I hope he doesn't go to Miami, man. That would kill all the Michael Jacecki <laughs> shares, man. Like Michael Jacecki, uh, dog, man. I if hope, he goes, I, mean, I hope he doesn't get drafted there, dog. That would be such a killer for the team. As of right now, if I had to put money on a landing spot, I would say Atlanta. If he goes to the Falcons, I could see him being a tight end one year one. Um, any blocking that he'd have to do, I could see them just throwing Hayden Hurst in there and just kind of setting him. But maybe the they could, the from there, go into a three-wide receiver set and throw Kyle Pitts in either on the outside or in the uh, slot because they also have uh, – yeah, that 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 would be the biggest uh, disappointment outcome, I'll say, for uh, – like if the if the Falcons did you draft Kyle Pitts, it would be – That would be scary. Dead, Matt Ryan Russell Gage. You would be a go-by right now. About Julio Jones catching touchdowns. Man, I can't imagine Kyle Pitts. <laughs> <laughs> uh definitely um i think we've kind of exhausted the kyle pitts topic so let's Real move quick, on here uh, kyle yes, pitts Greg. is compared to noah fan who was noah fan compared to i can easily okay. check that out right now buddy by clicking the noah fan link provided by um player profiler once it's loaded it says George, George Kittle. Kittle. So ah, interesting. That's okay. really good. But you look at the whew, look at this uh, the that's, workout metrics here. For no fan. Yeah, crazy. He's still he's still fantastic. So I I hope people don't forget yeah. how good Noah Fant is. Um, I think the only real discussion about who you like more on this entire show is going to be between these next two tight ends, and if you believe that they're worth investing in uh, in rookie drafts. And by that, I mean, like, obviously, everyone has a price where they would be like, okay, this player's fallen too far and I'll invest in him. But, like, investing with decent draft capital, maybe a late second-round pick or an early third-round pick in rookie drafts. I'll start with Brevin Jordan, who is a tight end out of Miami, um, a little younger, 6'3", 6'45". Best comparable, apparently, Harrison Bryant. 90, 90th percentile college dominator rating, 78th in college yards per reception. How about that breakout age, Billy? You uh, wanted to highlight Kyle Pitts at his 18.9, but 18.1 for Brevin Jordan. So he basically came onto the scene in college and was immediately heavily involved. I still don't know how I feel about Brevin Jordan, though. I, I personally think his upside is like the second best tight end out of this class but 
I don't know how high that could get him. Um, Bill, do you have any perspective here on Brevin Jordan? Yeah, I think uh, when it comes to receiving-wise, like, yeah, he grades out perfectly fine. Really good receiver. I'm a big fan of watching him play. Um, just like we just got done talking about about the uh, George Kittle thing with the Noah Fant, um, his yards after catchability is the reason why I feel like he's ranked number two. The big problem with me with Brevin Jordan is, like we just got done talking about Kyle Pitts, I feel like a lot of people really just don't put this into their analysis when it comes to tight ends. Bro, that kid can't block. Like, I don't yeah. – I think he has little to no experience blocking. Like, I don't think he's going to be on the field for, like, 80% of the snaps his, like, first two seasons in the NFL. Because, right. like, if you watch him block, yeah. it's horrible. And the thing is, are they really worth investing your rookie pick into – when you know they're probably not going to be heavily involved in their first few seasons in the NFL. Like, would you rather draft Brevin Jordan early in the third, or would you rather two years from now trade an early third for Brevin Jordan? I feel like I'd rather just trade for Brevin Jordan two years from now for an early third, and it'd probably be less than that. So Yeah, but I feel like the person that ends up drafting Brevin Jordan is going to be a truther and not want to get rid of him. Right. That's also possible as well. Trey, anything else you want to mention here on Brevin Jordan? Uh, no, just the main thing for these next two guys, uh, for him and the next guy, uh, it all just depends on landing spot. I feel like last year's tight ends, the best thing that happened to them was Cole Komet landing in Chicago and learning behind yeah. Jimmy Graham for a year. And then Adam Trotman landing in New Orleans and learning behind Jared Cook for a year. Right. Uh, if, if they could land in a good veteran spot where they're going to probably not going to be – thrown into the fire year one um, and kind of can learn behind somebody that's going to teach him something. I feel like that'll be the best spots for them. How about LA, the chargers for an example with uh, they signed Jared cook. So that's yeah, okay. uh, basically the new New Orleans landing spot, for example. Um, and maybe the other LA as well, the Los Angeles Rams, they have Tyler Higby. They also drafted, um, Hopkins, Bryson Hopkins last mm -hmm. year. Um, and I believe that's it at their tight end position. So they may be looking to add a little depth there as well. So that's see, a, like, I would like to see him go to the Giants and kind of like learn, learn behind like Kyle Rudolph for a year or right. something like that. Kind of like, hey, that, man, would be, this, that would be this solid. This is how you block the NFL. I know you know how to catch the ball, but this is how you, you know, a proper tight end. Or um, I also like the Philadelphia Eagles where Dallas Goddard, I feel like Dallas Goddard. Because I, I do believe Zach Ertz is basically gone, but they've don't, used two tight ends for... Yeah, don't wish that upon us, dog. I'm not we, wishing we want, it, dude. We want Dallas Goddard to be a top five tight end. I, look, I'm not saying that they both can't. You know, I, I feel like it's the Eagles, though. The Eagles want to have at least two tight ends who are playable, and they, they've been that way for a very long time. I do believe that Dallas Goddard would be like the clear-cut one among those two at the tight end position. But that said, I feel like it wouldn't be a bad idea for the Eagles to invest in a guy like Brevin Jordan and just kind of have, number one, more depth, and number two, potentially a good future uh, if you know something were to happen with Dallas Goddard down the road. Um, <clears throat> however, from here, we have one more tight end to talk about as Trey mentioned him uh, Brevin Jordan as we mentioned with 
this upcoming tight end, their uh, landing spot is going to matter a lot. And this tight end is Pat Fryermuth. Muth. I don't know how. If I hope I'm pronouncing it right, but <laughs> I'll keep saying Fryermuth. I hope that's right. Tight end He's a big out boy. of Penn State. Yes, he is quite large. 6'5", 251. Um, 22 and a half years old, so he's a little older. Maybe by the time you start seeing some uh, fantasy rewards for him, because uh, I like Brevin Jordan, I think it'll take a few years. He might be a little older at the point where you're maybe starting to consider selling him. Um, but the college dominator rating not as high for Brevin Jordan. It's at 80, 84th percentile. The yards per reception also not as high, and the breakout age also not as high. So I think the fancy upside of Fryermuth is a little less than that of Brevin Jordan, who obviously both are, well, probably a few tiers below uh, Kyle Pitts. So, Trey, have you watched much of Fryermuth and uh, anything stand out to you when you were watching him? I've just seen a couple things from Twitter, just seen a couple highlights. Uh, he does look like a good red zone threat. He, he does look like he's a big-bodied guy. Uh, the best comparison was Hunter Henry. I don't really know if I like that. I feel like Hunter Henry is probably a better receiving threat than what yeah. uh, Friar Muth is going to be. But, I mean, at, at Penn State, you can't really – his his touchdowns went down. He only played four games this year, but they're a really run-heavy team. Um, so, hopefully, maybe he knows how to block, and that'll – slow his maybe that'll quicken up his learning curve in the nfl especially since he is a lot older than uh kyle pitts and brevin jordan but if he can uh you know just get drafted by a good team and hopefully I've, i have more faith in firemuth than jordan having an impact year one so i would like to see him go to a little bit more of a fantasy friendly spot than uh jordan you know i feel like a team that could take firemuth would be like your Vegas Raiders, like further on in the draft, maybe early in the third or something, they could take him as a Jason Witten replacement. And I feel like that would be I was wanting something like that's real. kind of go after Farmouth or something like that. Interesting as well. Bill, anything you want to point out with Pat? Yeah, man. I kind of have a different take about Pat than you guys. I think he reminds me a lot about like Gronk. If you look at his college dominator rating, you can't really look at his breakout age. It's more of his college dominator rating. He posted a 26% dominator rating and had eight receiving touchdowns while competing with future second-round pick K.J. Hamler. So I feel like that's the reason why his stats are kind of like a little bit low because, like Trey said, they're a run-heavy offense. They had a second-round wide receiver go uh, one of the years that he played there at Penn State. Um, it's very rare that you see a tight end be so heavily involved inside like an offense. He posted an 8.5% uh, target share his sophomore season with a 27.8 target share in four games in 2020. Like, that's absurd. I feel like, uh, like Trey said, he has a little bit more upside than the last guy that we talked about, Jordan. Um, I just feel like he falls into the same exact category as, like, I feel like his uh, blocking abilities is what's going to hold him back early on in his uh, career. He reminds me a lot of uh, – it seems like a cliche take, but he reminds me a lot of Mike Jacecki when he first came into the NFL. Of like, he was a really good receiving threat, athletic freak, 
but I just feel like uh, receiving ability, I mean, not receiving, blocking ability is what's really going to hold him back. As you can see with Mike Jacecki, man, like great red zone guy, but like still to this day, like third or fourth year into the NFL, he gets mm-hmm. benched because he can't block. Um, it is cliche specifically because Frymuth is also from Penn State, like Gesicki was. Um, <laughs> but that said, uh, I could see the take. Um, I would have liked to see a good workout from him uh, to really help, you know, I, obviously you can't assume everything from a workout, a pro day, a combine, whatever. We don't have a combine this year, but still the pro day. Um, but you, like I said, you can't base everything, but it does help you to sort of, you know, compare and, and imagine a little bit. So we could, you know, if we had that, I feel like it would be easier to compare your Gronk takes. Um, but I don't know if I really see the downfield upside of uh, Firemuth. I feel like he could oh, potentially. Putting with his stats, dog. He had he had third most in three seasons. He had third uh, most touchdowns out of all the tight ends, ninth in yards, and fourth most explosive plays, and fifth in contested catches. Like he's really good in the passing game. He posted mm-hmm. huge target share at. Uh, there's no way you're posting a 27.8 target share and you can't be effective in a passing game, I feel like, in the NFL. In That's the a NFL. That target share, dude. It is. It's more so. I don't know. I just feel like you haven't seen it. I don't. You probably don't watch Penn State football games on your weekend, dude. I agree. But, mm-hmm. um. I don't know. It's just. From what I've seen of him, what I've seen of him, which, as you're pointing out, arguably is not enough. Um, But what I've seen of him has been more so of him leaking out and kind of been unnoticed by the defense rather than him going out, running routes, and getting open by his own, you know, ability. But uh, as I said, it's more – if you have the stats to back it up too, it's probably more so – that I have not seen enough of him and I have not seen what I should be seeing. Um, but that's the point of fantasy football and growing. And um, I'm definitely here for that and the different opinions. And I could not be as good at the game and fantasy football if I did not have these checks and balances of my uh, Supreme Court next to me in, in Judge Billy himself. Uh, so I'll look more in the fire myth um i promise i'll do my homework for next episode but that's gonna wrap us up here today on the dynasty fourth podcast hope you enjoyed the content again next week we have our Superflex dynasty rookie draft uh mock draft i should say um we'll have it live here on the podcast we're going to basically just run through it um give little descriptions for each and every pick, and then we're going to talk about it afterwards. We'll also have another one immediately the next week following, which will be cool because it will be one the week right before the NFL draft and the week right after the NFL draft. So it's going to show you how landing spots are going to have such a huge impact on the difference in the results from these dynasty rookie mock draft so till then bill at getting bills on twitter anything you want to shout out before you go uh, billy's yeah, luck yeah. of the night real quick 
if you uh, n- no lock of the night tonight, uh, all the games that I bet on today are kind of on. Actually, no, I bet on the Wizards actually plus one ten against against the, was, against uh, the Warriors. Warriors against the Warriors. Yeah, that game starts at seven. But uh, tune in Pub Sports Radio tomorrow night. UFC two sixty one DraftKings FanDuel betting breakdown video all in one at ten o'clock East Coast time. Um, it's one of those type of weeks. If even if you don't like the UFC, if you haven't bet on the UFC, some way somehow you're probably gonna end up watching it, playing some daily fantasy. So come kick it with us at Pub. Um, it's gonna be a fun week, man. Definitely. Trey at FF Superflex Guru on Twitter. Anything you got going on this week? I'm staring down the Wizards plus one ten. I was worried about Curry, dude. Curry's been hot. Um, but yeah, no, nothing, nothing really going on. Uh, no, just uh, been watching some basketball, waiting for the NFL draft to come, and then uh, inject some NFL into my veins for right. you know a couple days, and then have to wait a couple more months. Yeah, uh, almost there though. I believe what eight days, seven days? No. Yeah, we got to figure out a seven way days we can or like, coordinate a video one of these weeks to get like a quick little betting breakdown of like quick five minute breakdown of like bets that you're looking at for the uh, NFL draft? Because I feel like this NFL draft is very ambiguous. Mm-hmm. It could be. I saw, yeah, there's... Here, let me see something. I saw something that made me think of you. It was Chuba Hubbard's under, uh, over, under, where he's going to get drafted. It's at uh, 113 and a half. So that's like uh, top of the third round, right? Or No, that's top round? of the fourth round. Top of the fourth round? Yeah, that's, that's going to be interesting. Those are the type of bets that are like, what's the over, under on it? Is it juiced to any spot? No, it's minus one twenty-five for over one thirteen and a half, and minus one fifteen for minus one thirteen and a half, or for under one thirteen and a half. So yeah, so you're basically saying it's a fifty-fifty. Yeah, so I don't really know what's going to happen, but I saw that and I was like, hmm. Well, I don't know. Uh, Billy, I don't know Billy, the Chuba train. Yeah, uh, and then for me at Fantasy Force FB on Twitter, and not much going on my way either. But you can still follow me. I'll follow you back. Follow the show at Dynasty Force Pod. Follow us on YouTube, Dynasty Force Podcast, or I should say, subscribe to us on YouTube at Dynasty Force Podcast. And uh, thank you for tuning in. And we will be sure to catch you next week here on the Dynasty Force Podcast. Thanks again.